We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, uh, we are now into round two of the playoffs, and we are seeing some fantastic basketball. Last night was a lot of fun, uh, not just because the Lakers won. Obviously, that does help with my enjoyment of the evening. There's no question. But still, there was some fantastic matchups that we saw last night. Knicks and Heat, Lakers and Warriors. That was that was a blast. We're seeing some really good games here in the playoffs this year. Yeah, who would have thought Nuggets, Suns, it would be like the least competitive of the right. four so far, right? Like, it doesn't really seem that that's how it should be. I now chime in Nuggets fans like, we knew, we've been trying to tell you, like, we're actually good. Um, but yeah, I mean, shout out to them for, you know, showing up and doing their thing. And we're going to get into it a little bit later, but mm-hmm. Chris Paul, her, we'll see. But yeah, that, uh, you know, Warriors, Kings game, or Warriors, Warriors game. See, I'm still in the first round. Warriors Lakers game last night. Unbelievable, man. They, uh, you know, Lakers made, you know, they made all the big plays that they needed to make at the Mm. end of the game. And I think all the, uh, you know, worry of like, are they going to wear out and all that stuff, at least for game one, they held up at the end. Um, you know, I admittedly not the world's biggest Dennis Schroeder fan, but he was awesome. You know, really did. Uh, I thought he did a nice job at least sticking with Steph Curry through stuff. I said that when we talked about it previous that I thought he might've been their best defensive option just because he can kind of get skinny around screens and he's probably the best chaser that they have on the roster, but getting himself to the line and then what a monster AD game. Like just, you know, I mean, just absolutely dominant both ends of the floor too. I know Kevon Looney got 23 rebounds, but, or something like that. Um, But it's, I mean, Davis just, you know, wasn't going to be denied. So that's the, I mean, that's, I know they won the title with them, so the trade's already a win, but that's like that's what you traded for him for, right? Is like those games. And that's why you gave up, you know, that monster package to get them. So already, you know, that trade's a win, but just one more, you know, feather in that cap of you know what what a what a great job by him. Yeah, he was he was absolutely phenomenal. I had people that were I saw this discussion on Twitter saying that was a Shaquille O'Neal level game. Yeah. And it really it really was. I mean, he just had a monstrous impact everywhere on the floor. That the the rotations that he was making defensively mm-hmm. were Big unbelievable. Time. I mean, stuff that doesn't yeah. necessarily show up in the stat sheet. I mean, getting out to the three-point line to close out on shooters and things, it was absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this was it's such an interesting styles clash, right? The Warriors should took half their shots were threes. They took just a ton. I think fifty three threes on the night, mm-hmm. um, compared to the Lakers who didn't take very many threes. 
but did all their work in the paint at the and at the free throw line. So there was this huge discrepancy in terms of made threes from the Warriors, big discrepancy in terms of in favor of points in the paint and free throw lines, uh, free throw attempts for the Lakers. And it's just this interesting styles clash that we're going to see play out in this series. So this was this was an exciting one, and I think a really good start to what's going to be a great series. The Warriors are not worried, by the way. They're not no, worried. They, they've they've gone down 0-1 in series before, and and yeah. they're you know they they do this right. So they're not concerned. They've been in this situation, and uh, I think this is going to be, man, this series is going to be great because both of those teams played extremely well last night. Yeah, and I think both of them come out with here's what we could do better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like LeBron, just a very bad shooting night for him. Just couldn't couldn't get the jumper to fall. Um, I think the Warriors got to feel like we could tighten up that interior defense a little bit. Um, I think, you know, for from their side, it's, you know, all right, Clay Thompson, probably not going to shoot nine of 25 from the floor again. Steph was 10 of 24. Like that you probably feel like, all right, those guys will come, you know, come back around a little bit with some of their shooting. So, yeah, I think all around both teams are coming out of it saying, all right, we're, we're okay. Like we're, yeah. we're good. As you said, the Warriors, you know, big winner. This guy right here, 9 p.m. tip time for game two. Let's go. <laughs> like, I am fired up about that, man. I those, these games that run until like 1230 or one. Like, I just I feel like like it's good that they're so close and intense because like it keeps you like like engaged and going. Um, because that like what when the Lakers rolled over the Grizzlies by uh you know, I don't 40 or whatever they were up at one point in that game or whatever it was, like I was like you barely could keep my eyes open because it was like and then I finally gave up. I'm like, I'm out, I'm going to bed. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, man, it's um yeah, just you know, unbelievable with uh you know this game. I'm super excited, and you know, and the other series have been good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know where you what, what you got queued up for us next, but I'm excited to get into. Oh, I, I just wanted to say I I give a ton of credit to the Miami Heat for what they for. I, it looked like they were going to win oh that game gosh. for a yeah. while last night, and that was yep. just I mean, and no Jimmy Butler who's been phenomenal. I'm like, oh my god, this this Heat. You know, they lose Jimmy Butler, and they just keep executing. They yeah. just keep getting it done. And look, the Knicks had to have that game. But Miami looked so good the way they were just, hey, we don't have Jimmy. All right, next guy's going to step up here. Gabe Vincent's going to start doing stuff for us. That was that was so impressive. Caleb and I thought they were going to pull it bit. off. Yeah, like, and Caleb Martin, like, absolutely. This is going to be the Caleb Martin game. And it's yep. funny, I did not get to see this game live because we had a prior commitment. So I was kind of following through like the tweets and stuff. And like, and there was a point where the heat were up and everybody like, like I could just see the Knicks, like people that I have on my Twitter timeline were like, forget it. You know, this Knicks team's done if they can't beat the heat without Jimmy Butler. And then all of a sudden it's like the heat people were like, what have we can't make a shot anymore. What's going mm -hmm. on? And, you know, just, yeah, unbelievable. I will say, you know, one thing just kind of bigger picture as we like to do here on front off the show, uh, Gabe Vincent making himself for some money in yeah. this playoff run. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, there's a chance he gets priced out in, in Miami unless they can really make some moves. Cause I mean, you're, there's just a lot of guys to, that, that are, you know, already been paid in Max Struess. You know, it's going to be kind of interesting if they're forced to choose between the two. Do you choose Struess and where you like, does it turn into another Duncan Robinson? Do you right. go Gabe Vincent and say, all right, maybe we got a Kyle Lowry trade is the move. Like I'm really, really curious to see how that comes together because these are like the beginning stages of the super tax implications for a handful of these teams of it's like, well, we can't pay everybody right mm -hmm. for some of these teams or or 
Like, we can't pay everybody because we're not the Warriors with all the pieces in place already. Like, and we're just, you know, moves around the edges are okay. A lot of these teams are, no, we still need to add. And if we pay everybody, we're not going to be able to we add, can't add the way we want to. And that's going to be going to be a little bit of a challenge there. I was, um, it just to you know, shout out my employer, Spot Track. I was talking with them uh, today on, on on the podcast over there, and one of the things we talked about: this is an issue for the Milwaukee Bucks, where like if you pay everybody, you can't add, and they also can't add through the draft because they don't own all their picks. They still owe picks to the Pelicans and pick swaps and things like that. So it's really a, a weird spot to be in for some of these teams, and I think we're going to see this summer is even if the super tax isn't fully implemented for a couple of years, you're going to start feeling the impact of it out there for a handful of these teams. So just something kind of wanted to throw in on the heat side, because it's been been there and we're probably not going to get in any heat off season stuff for, for a while yet. It looks like. Yeah, no, no, that's, that that's definitely good to note. Good to note there, Keith. Um, okay. Let's kick things off. The MVP has been crowned. Yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah. MVP. Um <laughs> Were you surprised? Like it, he won by a pretty wide margin. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he won by a lot. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It wasn't close between him and, and Jokic in terms of the vote. Did that surprise you at all that it was that it wasn't closer when the final tally was was uh, announced? A little bit. I thought Embiid was going to win, and I didn't think necessarily the votes that didn't go to him would go to Jokic. I thought they might go to Giannis. So mm. I thought you might have kind of Embiid wins with. And I, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me either, but Embiid wins with like 60% of the vote. And then it's like 50, the, the other 40% is split like 50, 50 between Jokic, Jokic and Giannis. And maybe that is kind of how, how it happened, but he did win by a good margin. Basically everybody had him either number one or number two uh, on most ballots. Very, very deserving. MVP. I have no issue with this at all. I would not have an issue. If somebody voted Jokic. I Giannis is just more of it didn't feel like he played as many games. And I mm-hmm. it, I know somebody will say, well, Embiid missed games too, so that's fair. Um, but I, I wouldn't have a huge issue if it was like, oh my gosh, Giannis got this groundswell of support um with it. The only thing that jumped out is super weird to me. One voter did not have Jokic on his ballot at all. Like, how does that happen? Like that, like, and I just, I wish we, like, I would like to know who it was. Cause I would like to really find out like, all right, who was it that like you didn't have? And maybe, maybe it's something that will come out eventually. I've not seen it as of yet, but like, how do you not have them on your ballot at all? Like, like that's just insane to me. So uh, I'll caution this. So this happened a few years ago. Um, I think it was Anthony Davis's first year with the Lakers and he got completely left off of somebody's all NBA ballot. And that question was thrown out. Who did this? Who didn't even like, how ridiculous is this that he didn't even wind up on any of the all NBA teams. And then when it eventually came out, who it, who it was like that person just got like torn to shreds. Sure. And, and they said, Hey, like I made a mistake. Like it was not on purpose. I messed up. I didn't have him on there. And, and look, if you have a ballot, you shouldn't make those kinds of mistakes. You can say that, but, but still like, it didn't wind up making a difference in terms of the, the overall all vote. I think it's fair to question certainly where it is, you know, why would Jokic not be on somebody's like that's I think more egregious even, right? Because he's clearly he's either one or two, or I mean at worst three, right? So he should be on on somebody's ballot. But you 
sometimes you get the the angry mob goes after somebody like yeah, how could you not put this person on there and, yeah right and so it's just it got I, it, it reminds me of that situation from a few years ago that got kind of messy to where you felt bad like because the person was like look i'm, I'm really sorry i just made a mistake and it and it happens yeah and that's a to your point like that you probably shouldn't right and I, if i ever have a ballot like i know i'm gonna check it nine billion times before Absolutely. i hit submit right like just because because of being terrified of things like that but yeah i'm just curious you know and if the answer is i made a mistake i mean it did it's not like it made a difference like it really didn't it didn't make a big difference it just it kind of jumps off the page as you start adding it up and it's like wait what because right. part of it where it jumped out was it was like somebody gave jason tatum a third place vote okay that's interesting and then so you look at not get the top three Jokic right. didn't get one like that's a little weird um but yeah i mean just bring it back around to Embiid. i mean he was awesome this year he's absolutely awesome awesome offensively awesome defensively he's great on the boards you know and i this maybe isn't a super popular opinion especially among celtics fans in the middle of a playoff series I like Joel Embiid. I, th I think he's really funny. Like, I like watching him play. Um, I could do without some of the flopping stuff, but that's, you know, I mean, that's 90% yeah. of the superstars do foul baiting stuff. And, you know, it, I mean, he it does take it to a totally different yeah. level. I, 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 and and there's times when it's like, um, dude, the 150 pound guard, like, like sent you into the second right. row of the seats, man. You weigh almost 300 pounds. Like, what are we doing here? But, for the most part, I'm, you know, I did. It's one of those things where I, I guess I kind of turn a blind eye to it because I just kind of like watching him play. Like he, he feels the closest to me in the NBA to like prime Patrick Ewing when Ewing was dominant and like it was like Ewing was an MVP candidate. And Ewing would probably have won an MVP if he wasn't playing at the same time as Jordan Barkley, Elijah Wan, and Robinson. Yeah, right. Like yeah. he had years where it's like, Holy crap, this guy is so good, but it's just like you're not there. I mean, go look at the all NBA teams in like the late 80s. Yeah, like what an age for centers that was. Yeah, right. It was like, yo, know, I mean, and then then of course, just when it's like, all right, we've got the three, right? Elijah Juan Robinson and Ewing are gonna battle, then Shaq shows up. Then Shaq comes along. I mean, like, Alonzo Morning well, was getting into the mix. Yeah, I mean, Alonzo, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Patrick Ewing was awesome. And the reason why I compare Embiid is like he could be that ferocious defender and rebounder and he's got the jump shot. Like Ewing had such a good jumper at a time when bigs, you know, a lot, had a little bit of a jumper, but he was more go to work on you in the post and hit the dream shake and all that stuff. Robinson developed his face up jumper later in his career, but Ewing had it from day one. Like he would, you know, take that uh, back. That was like a 15 to 20 footer with mm -hmm. regularity and make it. So I just, you know, a little bit of love for my guy, Patrick Ewing. He was one of my favorites back in the day. So to go back to the games played piece, Jokic played 69 games, mm -hmm. Embiid played 66, Giannis played 63. So, okay. yeah, I mean, tech, by next year's rules, assuming that goes into effect this summer, Giannis would not be eligible to win MVP unless they went and they did, you know, well, you know, hey, he had injuries and things. Like, I know they're giving themselves a little leeway in that, but now the number is 65. You have to play 65 games to be eligible for these awards. Yeah, yeah. So that will be then it's you know, then it becomes like the whole there's like nine thousand conditions on the games yeah. played, you know, thresholds, like would that factor it and stuff. But yeah, it's and I don't I I think Embiid, Jokic, Giannis being the top three in that order feels right to me. Like yeah. you know, I don't have a big problem with it. So no. I'm okay with that. All right. Uh Monty McNair got executive of the year. 
and rightfully so. Are they? I mean, the Kings, they had a, a tremendous, tremendous season. Obviously, it didn't end quite the way that they would want it to, but you look at everything that happened, and I don't know. You could tell me if, if you know this, Keith. So when, they, when you get an Executive of the Year award, it's kind of like it's a reflection on the front office itself. Are business decisions put into that? Because if light the beam is in <laughs> any kind of factor here, like – that just makes that just cements it. Like it had to be Monty sure. McNair. So of course he he wins this. Yeah, yeah. If they are, maybe that was the deciding factor. I think it's supposed to be about basketball and the yeah. decisions you made roster building. So I think that's what it is. And just to be clear on this, this is not voted on by the media. This is voted on by uh the NBA executives, and they do not make the results public. Um it's tough. There's there's a guy in Celtics Twitter, uh Ryan Bernardoni, who he he always says every single year when this award comes out, he's like, annual reminder, executive of the year is a weird award because sometimes the best moves, we don't know the results of them for years to come. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of true, right? So, but if you take it in the face of, all right, Monty McNair made the Kevin Herter trade. He you know, built, got Malik Monk, built out the roster around uh, Sabonis and Fox and got them into the playoffs for the first time in you know, almost two decades. Like, I, I can't argue with that. Like, yeah, no. good, good on him, right? Good, yeah. good results. But I, I do like that kind of clarification of, yeah, there's sometimes we, we're not going to know the, like the Rudy Gobert trade. We're not sure. going to know the end result of that trade for years, you know, because of, you know, the amount of picks the Jazz have coming their way. Same thing with the Donovan Mitchell trade. Like, you know, it's going to be a long time before that story is fully written. But, you know, it's a one-year award for right now. So, kind of, you know, we, we, we get it. Right, right. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Suns. Chris Paul, he's going to be out at least games three through five with this groin injury that yeah. we saw him suffer in game two. It's a 2-0 Denver lead in the series. Is Chris Paul season? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Isn't over. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think so. I Because I'm not convinced he comes back in this round. And I 
think they're going to lose yeah. uh, this series. Now, I picked the Suns to win the series. Um, I thought that their star power would get them through. But, I mean, the Nuggets, they they kind of look like the team on a mission of like, hey, we're good. Like, did y'all forget? Like, like we're like we're actually good. We, it's cute. You spend all this time on all these other teams. We were the one seed, right? Like, like let's go. I mean, and they've they've you know so far held up. I think the Suns can still make it a competitive series. You know, maybe get it to you know six games, maybe even a seventh game. But it's going to take Durant Booker. Just going to have to be monsters because it's going to have to be campaign now. In that's the challenge. Yeah, they, their depth is just so so bad and. Again, as we talk about the whole super tax stuff, this is where we got to get this figured out. It's it's enough. People are asking me, if you're the Suns, do you waive Chris Paul after the year? Because oh. his contract is, is um, Garrett, you can save $15 million off of his contract. Now, it's not going to get you in the cap space range because you still got Durant, Aiden, right. and Booker on max deals. But it is one of those things where it's like, it's, you know, it, it's just, yeah, how do you get there, right? Like it's yeah. My guess is he probably is back on his full contract, and you're gonna run it back and hope you can flush out the depth around those guys enough. But man, they're in uh, you know rough rough shape because they just you know when 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 you're built around four guys and one of the fours goes down, you know, right? You might have a little bit mm-hmm. of experience with being a just a little roster, uh, and one goes down, what happens? Like now it's it's happened to the Suns, and then they are uh, adding a G League team. So what's what's the the count at now? Who do, who does not have a G League team at this point? They are it because the Portland Trailblazers announced they will have a G League team. It sounds like Portland will have theirs next year. Suns are trying for next year. Uh, Matt Ishbia, the new Suns owner, uh, said in an interview, it was mostly about the process of buying the Suns and then the whole TV stuff that we talked about. They're going to put mm-hmm. their games on over-the-air uh, TV instead of cable, and then they'll have a streaming service. Also, um, tucked in another article just as the as an aside, uh, Clippers and Knicks are launching a streaming uh, only mm-hmm. thing that their fans can buy too. Uh, really targeted for non-local fans that want to buy their games. So interesting. I'm very, very curious just to see where all this goes. I might. And how does that work them. with League Pass? That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, so that's what we're going to find out, right? My guess is the NBA still is like, hey, we still have League Pass, and you're still going to have to make them available through there too. Yeah. Um, but my, my, I think you say it, Vorkinov. Um, from the athletic, he wrote yeah, a very good, was a great piece about, yeah, where everything's going with the TV stuff. We won't spend a lot of time on it here today. Um, but just really interesting about how like streaming is going to be a thing, but how Turner and ESPN are like, really like, we got to keep the NBA to some extent, even if they've sent all their messages of, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Right. But back to the Suns and the G League. So uh, Matt Ishbia said, we're trying for this year, but if not this year, then next year they'll they'll have a team. And he also said, it's not going to be a team that's seven states away. It'll be local. And I think, I think where we're going to progress to is I'm going to say within probably four or five years, every single team, G League team will be within a drive, like a drivable distance. Yeah, and that is how it should be, right? Because then, then you you can just get that much more use out of the team, and the guys really feel like they're more part of things. You've got the three two ways now in the new um, uh, CBA coming in, starting with next season. So that's another thing to strengthen the G League. So yeah, we're gonna get there. And I bet when they bring in the expansion teams, I bet that's a thing. I bet it is. You will Mm -hmm. like if you're coming in, you will have a G League team. Like you're oh, not yeah. going to win without one. So 
Yeah, I, you know, all good news on that front. Like, you know, let's keep beefing up the G League and make it a real viable thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's been great for the league, and it just continues to get better and better. Uh, all right, let's wrap up with this. The Rockets reportedly interested in Chris Middleton. Uh, I mean, already on the radar for James. Like, if the Rockets suddenly get James Harden and Chris Middleton, I don't know if they – can they do that? They have enough room to get both. Yeah, it'd be, that'd, that'd be someone's tight. having to take a pretty hefty pay cut. Like, they've got a ton of cap flexibility, but it's not quite that much. So the Rockets are interested in, in Chris Middleton. But, again, that just speaks to, okay, they've got the new head coach and they've got Yudoka coming on. I don't think they are dead set in any way on we're going to continue to rebuild around the kids right now. I think that they um, are looking at their options. That doesn't mean they won't. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll, they'll just say, hey, sure. we're just going to keep building through the draft and, and off we go. But I think they're really going to look at their options here to to go out there after some people. Now, I'll also say this. We always talk about where where is this coming from, right? Like, would if if you're Chris Middleton right now, wouldn't you want it to be out there that, hey, this team, this big, scary team out there that's got all this yeah. cap space just might have a ton of interest in me. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. The Rockets being one of the teams that have all the cap space right now they're going to get floated in a lot of rumors, not just because they're, I think they really are going to be interested in a lot of players, but also because agents are going to use them as, Hey, we could land with the Rockets. They could pay us. You better pay us. Cause they might, you know, that type of stuff might go on. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're, this is where this all starts, right? And his season is now over. So you're going to start when guys seasons are over, you're going to start to hear more about these things about, you know, players, you know, declining an option and these teams are lining up for him. I mean, we started hearing it's a different guy, but we started hearing Fred Van Vliet to Orlando stuff before the trade deadline, right? Like it's, it's just once the season ends, you're going to start hearing more and more and more of these things. So I, um, I think the Rockets hiring of Ime Doka, I probably already said this on the show, but it's worth repeating, I think at least, is they gave themselves optionality because he can either coach a young team and help grow them and give them the discipline that they obviously lacked uh, under Steven Silas and didn't grow into what they hoped quickly enough. Mm. Um, but he can also clearly coach a veteran team and get them over the hump too. So I think what you did was you hired a coach where it doesn't lock you into one roster strategy, right? If you went with a first time brand new up and coming guy that like everybody's kind of like, yeah, his best thing right. is he develops young players. You're probably locked in a little bit more to, all right, we're going to stay with the kids and build this up. Or if you want with a, you know, I don't know, you ran back Mike D'Antoni. It's like, well, he's not coming back to coach a bunch of 22-year-olds into yeah. growing them, right? So so they gave themselves that optionality, and they're going to get it figured out. So I'm, I'm you know, very, very interested in the Rockets offseason. I mean, a lot of it's going to determine, too, what happens in the lottery, right? You, mm -hmm. you move up to one and get one Binyama. I mean, that changes everything for you. because. But it's funny. Does it change it to, all right, let's go get James Harden, let's go? Or does it change it to, all right, now we can really be patient because we've got the guy now, right? Like, I, I'm not sure which way that goes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see. Now, again, we'll see ultimately who gets gets one Minyama, but I think it like he's so talented that you really could go either way. Like, you could yeah. go, hey, we got the guy. We're off and running. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go add pieces, and we can we could potentially win right now. Um, that'll be interesting. That'd be interesting, man. Just, I, I can only imagine like fans of lottery teams are, are going to be know, just on year. pins and needles yeah. on draft lottery day. They take that break. What I forget if it's a oh, fourth yeah. or third pick now. They're going to take that commercial. Three usually, yeah. 
yeah, they're going to take that commercial break. And like those teams that are like, you're going to be like down to bloody stumps of fingernails, right? Oh, Cause you're sure. going to chew them all off. Like just praying you don't, cause what you, right. You don't want to see your name. Right. Like, no. like, it's like, you know, don't show me my team. Don't show me my team and nothing. I love more. And I, I, I built cause, cause of me, of course, this comes to no surprise. I built a spreadsheet is how I track this. And like, when I do it, like I move teams over and it's like, all right, here's the, here's the chalk order, right? Like if everything yeah. went in order and then the first time it's like, uh Oh, <laughs> like the 11th team is not where they should be. Like, then it's like, Oh boy. And then you oh, start thinking, somebody moved. Oh man. Somebody, and, and what I start thinking about too is somebody got pushed back, right? Like somebody yeah. got pushed back and yeah, it's the draft lottery is it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just one of those dumb, silly events that like, you can just look like an hour after and see what the draft order is. But it's like, I got to watch it's this fun. live. Like I got to experience it live. Like, yeah. like I'll never forget that, that high of like, Holy crap. The Celtics got the number one pick the year that they, they ultimately traded out of it. But the year they got it, I was like, Oh my God, they didn't come up, yo on the board. Like I cannot believe oh, this. Yeah. Like, you yep. know, they, they, they got the number one pick. Like, it's just, you know, such a you know, wild, like feeling of elation. So yeah. Hey, one thing we did kind of skip with the Embiid stuff. Oh, yeah. And maybe this will be um, um, moved by the time a lot of people hear it. Maybe coming back for game two. Like, let's yeah. see. Like, it sounds like it's not. There was reporting this morning, and just so everybody knows, we're recording this Wednesday morning. Um, Sham Sharania said, and B told his teammates at an MVP celebration of, hey, I'm back. Like I'll be back. Um, and then I think he believes said that as I'm on track to play in game uh, two against the Celtics. Then there was a little bit out of shoot around today where it's like, uh, maybe throwing mm. cold water could be some gamesmanship. We'll see. But it sounds like if nothing else, I would expect he's probably back for game three um, in Philadelphia. But it sounds like he's closer than maybe what it was said, or maybe he's not close at all. And they're all just playing games. Who knows? Well, uh, we'll have to wait and see. It could be yeah. a, they'll probably do the whole, well, he's a game time decision. Now, yeah. Type thing. That, you know, that's that's going to be my guess. Yeah. But he'll, yes. somebody will, and whether he's out there, you know, early enough for people to see him get his pregame workout in or what is it? I will say the last time we saw him and sometimes these post post practice, post shoot around videos are you're seeing the very tail end of it. Mm -hmm. And, but all we saw him doing was some very light standstill shooting. And it was like light standstill shooting where he wasn't really landing on the right leg after yeah. he took, you know, very, you know, soft jump shots. So I, you know, you were, we're going to see. Yeah, well, with this, but yeah, I think like I, I don't know, man. The Celtics need to play better, whether he plays or not. They, you know, please defend somebody like that. That'd be, you know, I know it's a novel approach here in the second round of the playoffs, like play some defense, but yeah, it's a uh, we'll see. But I almost feel like if he's back, I, I, let me rephrase this. I know if he's back, they'll be more focused because they said it themselves. They were like, yeah, yeah, when we found out he didn't play, we relaxed, like, yep. which is you can't do I that. I don't want to, it's, it's easier said than done. But it's yeah. what happens. Yeah, I don't want to end the podcast with me going on an angry rant and all that stuff because I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling positive. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. So let's do it. All right. All right. Well, let's end it on that then. I appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel as well as the Thanks podcast. Thanks for all the feed. well wishes. Sorry to everybody. Sorry to interrupt you. They told us both to feel better. Like that was yes. very sweet. Appreciate and that. Kind. And I know a couple of people sent notes on Twitter. A couple of people sent notes through email. Like re really appreciate it. For sure. For sure. Yep. On the mend. On the mend. That's for sure.
<laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.